Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. I'm your host, Eric Steven. And with me today is Jacob Burtz because we have a Dodgers Rewind for you. Jacob, how, how are you doing? I'm ready to rewind all the way the, you know, 2022 is technically a rewind now. Are we going to, is this going to be oh. the uh, Albert Pujols episode? You know, now we have to do, um, uh, we could do a rewind on Justin Turner because he's no longer a Dodger. Oh, <laughs> I just brought everything down. Um, no, today we're going to, we're going to go back uh, about, few decades before that okay. five of them uh lee lacy uh who was a utility man for the dodgers in the 1970s before we go on and before you glancing ahead in the notes do you know what do you know about lee lacy with the dodgers nothing or with any team nothing hmm. All right. i'm excited for the, uh, the these rewinds are always very educational for me I'm very excited so my thought process uh there's two sort of ties to how i thought of this the first one was uh, J.D. Martinez, the newly signed uh, Dodger slugger, um, he started 139 uh, games with the Red Sox in 2022, all of them at designated hitter. So the DH is universal now in both leagues. And actually, <laughs> this is also breaking news on the podcast. <laughs> We're going to rewind to a time when it wasn't. No, uh, uh, the National League's had it in all of 2020 season and all of 2022, and it's going forward it is. Um, but so interleague play began in 1997. So basically, uh, the National League teams had a DH in the regular season games in American League parks. That's only like a handful a year, maybe up to like 10. 
And then before that, the only National League DHs came in the World Series. However, DH started in 1973 in the American League, but it didn't come to the World Series in 1976. And I always thought this was August. So I didn't start watching like baseball full time till like 1985. The first World Series I watched was 1984. So this this fell into this group. So for the first 10 years of the World Series having a DH, they only had it um, every other year. So instead of our what we came to know um, for the better part of 40 years of just DH in American League parks, um, they had it um, in even years. Every game of the World Series would have a DH. So like even at Dodger Stadium, for instance, you know, in, in 1978, but um, and then the odd years, there were no DH. So that, that actually came to play um, uh, one of the games in 1981 where I believe uh, Tommy John got taken out um, because he had to bat. They pinch it for him. He was struggling a little bit. He was mad about not staying in the game. But like, had it been like just normal rules, there would have been a DH, so it wouldn't have mattered. But beginning in 86, this is the, the rule we knew. Um, until a couple years ago where it was American League Parks only. But the Dodgers' first crack at a DH came in the 1978 World Series. That series began in Los Angeles, so their first DH was actually at Dodger Stadium, and it was Lee Lacey. Um, He started game one, uh, batted eighth. He went one for three with a walk. The hit was an RBI single off Paul Lindblad in the seventh. Uh, The Dodgers won the game, uh, and they won the first two games of that series at home. And I forgot what happened in the rest of that series. Um, <laughs> Good things so only, least, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, the, the, well, I will say that that series did end at Dodger Stadium. So take take of that what you will. Um, <laughs> Lee Lacey started games one, two, three, and five at DH. He was two for 14 with a walk. Rick Monday was a DH in game four. Vic Davileo uh, was DH in game six. I think we should probably at some point do a, a, DH, a, re, a Dodgers DH on uh, Vic Davileo. No, Dodgers <laughs> Rewind. He, he's pretty fun. But so getting back to Lee Lacey, his his given first name is Leondas. Um, and he just went by Lee. Lee Lacey, he went to the legendary McClyman's High School in Oakland. Um, among the famous alumni at that school, you had Frank Robinson and then the basketball Bill Russell. Even if it was the baseball Bill Russell, that also would have been kind of cool, but not to say not as cool. But both of those guys were at the at McClyman's at the same time, and they played basketball together, which is just wild. Um, Flood was at, uh, played at McClyman's. He challenged the um, MLB's reserve clause all the way to the Supreme Court. He lost, but he set the stage for free agency about you know half a decade later. Ernie Lombardi, uh, who had one of the great nicknames in baseball history, the Schnoz, because of his nose. Um, he was a Hall of Fame catcher for the Reds. He went to McClyman's way back when. He like he, I think his MVP was like in 1940. Um, NBA Hall of Famer Paul Silas also went there. So did MC Hammer <laughs> and Lee Lacey. Um, so he debuted Lee Lacey, not MC Hammer, Lee Lacey did. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, though, so Lee Lacey debuted the Dodgers in 1972, Around that time, I don't. I think for sure MC Hammer was with the A's in like '74. He was like owner Charlie Finley's like go-to guy, but he was like in uniform sometimes um, back then. So the, the timeline is pretty much right here. Um, so, but with with the Dodgers, uh, 
that was the the lone year that Frank Robinson was on the team. He was 36 at the time. This is from the 1973 media guide. Um, Lee Lacey said, uh, I used to watch Frank work out on the playgrounds during the offseason in Oakland, and the Dodgers put Lacey's locker next to Robinson that year. So I thought that was kind of cool. Two McClyman's guys just uh, hanging out. But my trivia for you, which we'll get to a little later in the episode, mm-hmm. uh, Lee Lacey hit five pinch hit home runs for the Dodgers in 1978, third most by a Dodger in one season. Who holds the franchise record for pinch hit home runs in one season? I uh, Hopefully I'll be able to pay attention to your wonderful facts uh, instead of belaboring too much on silly pinch hit home runs. But, you know, I'll do my best. Mm-hmm. Um, so... They, the Dodgers drafted Lee Lacey out of Laney College in Oakland. It was the second round of a secondary draft in 1969. There was some confusion here. Uh, baseball reference says it was the January draft, but doesn't show him in their draft database. The Dodgers media guide in 1969 says it was the, quote, free agent draft. But in February, either way, as a rookie, uh, he's or as a professional, he started out at rookie level Ogden. He At each stop in the minors, he hit. It was 293 at Ogden, 301 at Class A Bakersfield, 307 at Albuquerque, which was double A in 1971, then 372 at uh, El Paso, which was double A that year. That was the year Albuquerque moved to triple A. So Lee Lacey was repeating double A in a way, but he, he hit 372 in a half season, and that earned him a call up to the Dodgers. He played mostly third base at Ogden, mostly shortstop in Bakersfield, and mostly second base in Albuquerque and El Paso, so he was kind of all over. When the Dodgers called Lacey up in the end of June 1972, their vaunted infield wasn't yet fully in place. Um, Steve Garvey was playing third base in the majors and doing so badly. Wes Parker was at first, although he was in his final year, although nobody really sort of knew that at the time. I think his retirement at the end of that year sort of came as a surprise. But uh, Bill Russell was splitting time at shortstop with a 39-year-old Maury Wills, who was in his final year. Uh, Billy Grabarkowitz played some th- uh, played third base and some second base, and he had a broken finger. That's when, uh, right around the time Lee Lacey came up. Um, Ron Say and Davey Lopes were both at AAA Albuquerque. So Lacey was at AA El Paso. He got the call over Lopes to play second, which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, the day Lacey's call-up was announced came after the Dodgers committed a season-high five errors and a loss to the Reds. So in the AP game story, uh, when they when he, they asked about Lacey coming up, Walt Alston sardonically asked, can he catch? <laughs> so they were worried about the errors. But we'll talk a little bit more about what Lacey did after that call-up and a few years after that, uh, after the break. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So uh, Lee Lacey's major league debut was June 30th, 1972. He singled off Giants left-hander Ron Bryan in the ninth inning. His first full week in the majors, Lacey was named co-player of the week in the National League with Manny Sanguian of the Pirates. They both were 11 for 27. They hit 407. That was the first year of the award. Um, Lacey, just a week earlier, uh, was named Texas League Player of the Month for AA, so he was he was doing well. He started 58 of the next 62 games at second base, so I believe these days Dave Roberts like to co- likes to call that a runway. Uh, he definitely got that. But he strained a ligament in his left knee on September 4th, and he missed the final month. So he was the opening day second baseman the next year in 1973, but he didn't get much playing time over the next two seasons. So through 74, uh, Lee Lacey played 165 total games with 499 plate appearances. He didn't hit much. He had a 71 OPS plus. He didn't even have a home run during those three years. His first home run came in 1975 on May 17th against Jim Rooker of the Pirates. That was in the fifth inning at Dodger Stadium. It was his 188th career game in his 536th at bat, 587th plate appearances, um, his plate appearance. So uh, on the back of his 1974 Tops card, uh, the note said, Lee handles mail in the offseason. I always loved uh, – I mean, it's it's terrible when you think about it because they – Players weren't making enough money to live off of, so they had to have jobs in the offseason. But that, I think that was kind of normal for a lot of, like, seasonal-type jobs or whatever. But I always enjoyed the the random stuff like that mm-hmm. on the back of baseball cards. I think the most famous one in that same set was uh, Richie Hebner, I think, was on the Pirates then. He, he dug graves in the offseason. That was his that was his offseason job, so that was fun. Um, but back to Lee Lacey, in 75, he moved into more of a utility role, which pretty much defined the rest of his time with the Dodgers. By this time, like the infield, um, Garvey, Lay, Ru- Garvey, Say, Russell, and Lopes uh, played from like mid-73 all the way through 81, basically, together. So Lee, Lee Lacey sort of had to fit in. Um, it, that year in 75, he had a 129 OPS plus. He hit 314. 101 games, 336 plate appearances. His starts were mostly second base and left, although he mixed time in right and center. He even played two outs at shortstop one game. Um, Before the 1976 season, they traded Lee Lacey along with Jim Wynn, who was a two-time All-Star in his two years in Los Angeles, plus Tom Peshorek, who was a previous Dodgers Rewind, and Jerry Royster to the Braves for Dusty Baker and Ed Goodson. But by the end of June, Atlanta sent Lee Lacey back to the Dodgers with pitcher Elias Sosa for rubber-armed reliever Mike Marshall. Um, center field was the position Lacey played for most, played the most for the Dodgers in 76. From 76 to 78, he started games at second, third, and all three outfield spots. Though so in 78, he had a great run as a pinch hitter. He led the team with 13 pinch hits. He also did that in only 36 plate appearances. He hit 394. 444, 879, and 879 slugging with as a pinch hitter that year. His five pinch hit home runs were third most in a season by a Dodger, which brings us back to our trivia question. Um, Jacob, do you know who has the most pinch hit home runs in a single season in Dodgers history? I have one guess, and if it's not it, I probably just give up. Maybe you'll have a hint for me. I don't know. Almeida signs? No, but. Well. 
for some That's reason. It. Bye, Eric. See ya. I was going to tell you, my hint for you, my hint for you is that this is, it, this is in the Jacob life era, which is always the dumbest hint, but uh, it's, it's, it's before, it's about a, a little more than a decade before Almedo signs. Uh, and my other hand, he um, he also uh, has the most pinch hit home runs in a career for the Dodgers. I Dave will say Almeida signs. Dave Hansen is correct. Ah. Uh, Almeida signs uh, has eight career pinch hit home runs, which is tied with Lee Lacy and Johnny Frederick for second. Hansen has thirteen. Seven of the thirteen came in two thousand. Oh, that's that's closer to Elmedo signs than I thought. I thought for some reason I was thinking it was earlier '90s when Hanson was pinch hitting. But um, Johnny Frederick has six, had six pinch hit home runs in 1932. Lee Lacy had the five in 1978. Um, part of that run uh, for Lee Lacy in May, he set a major league record with home runs in three straight pinch hit at bats. Um, he did so on May 2nd at Wrigley against Rick Rushell. May 6th at Pittsburgh against John Candelaria, future Dodger. Um, and May 17th at home against Pirates lefty Will McEnany. He In between that, he did pinch hit and walked. So it's one of those, like, it's like a hitting streak. You know, if you walk, it doesn't count. Um, but he, so he, because he didn't have an at-bat. But three consecutive pinch hit at-bats, he homered. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was quite a run. Um, his first month in the majors, uh, Lee Lacey told the United Press International, um, I've always been a pretty good hitter. I don't see why I can't hit now. Hitting is a matter of confidence and concentration. So I would say as someone with a 108 OPS plus in 16 years and over 5,000 plate appearances, I would say Lacey was right in that regard. Uh, in those years, he hit 286, 339, 410. He had a 101 OPS plus with the Dodgers uh, before signing with the Pirates in free agency uh, before the 1979 season. He won a World Series with the Pirates that year. He mostly played outfield the final nine years of his career with a 112 OPS plus and a little more regular playing time for both the Pirates and Orioles. Um, he wore number 34 during his time with the Dodgers, the last semi-regular to do so before Fernando Valenzuela. Um, in between, relief pitcher Ken Brett, who was George's brother, he wore 34 in 1979. The Dodgers media guide lists Lance uh, Routson, a reliever as wearing 34 as well. So he pitched for LA in 77 to 79. Baseball reference says he wore 60 in 1977 and 38 in 78, 79. So Brett didn't sign with the Dodgers until June, 1979. So I'm wondering if Routson might've started the year wearing 34 with Lacey already gone to Pittsburgh, but I haven't, I haven't like found a picture or anything with him wearing 34. So it's always confusing, but uh, yeah, number 34, Lee Lacey. Um, Lee Lacey was also a part of the Pittsburgh drug trials in 1985. This is one of a number of players who testified before a grand jury that expo exposed like rampant cocaine use in Major League Baseball. Lacey was one of 11 players suspended by Major League Baseball as a result. He got suspended for 60 days. A bunch of players of that 11 got suspended for a year. Uh, all of the suspensions, though, Keith Hernandez, Dave, Dave Parker were among the others to get suspended for a full year. They were all commuted by Commissioner uh, Peter Ubroth in exchange for community service and donating a portion of their salary, their base salary. Wikipedia says Lacey had to donate 5% of his 1986 salary, which was 725000 per baseball reference, and perform 50 hours of drug-related community service. So this is actually the second straight Dodgers Rewind we have that mentions the 85 Pittsburgh drug trials, and that was 
that was the other title Lacey, although it was more coincidental than anything. Um, last week, we did a rewind on pitcher Ed Vandenberg, who was not part of those drug trials, but his when he um, he was arbitration eligible when the Dodgers traded for him for the 86 season. And then um, as part of his guaranteed contract that he signed to avoid arbitration, he had uh, the Dodgers inserted a uh, drug testing clause in the contract, which the players union was, uh, as they have been for most of their history, very much against because there was no like official drug policy. But I think everyone was kind of spooked by the drug trials at the time. So it was like a lot of teams were putting that into guaranteed deals and then because uh, they couldn't quite figure out exactly what to do. Um, so it was a very weird time for baseball. There was also that was right around the time uh, collusion was happening. So there, there was just a lot going on mm-hmm. in terms of players and owners and all that. But back to Lacey, ended his career with 1,303 hits, 360 of those with the Dodgers, 207 doubles, 91 home runs. What I thought was interesting is that Lacey had 28 steals with 23 caught stealing through his age 30 season. Almost all of that was with the Dodgers. There was also those brief couple of months with the Braves. But in his 30s, um, he stole 157 bases at a 71% clip. Um, that included four straight years of 20-plus steals, maxing out at 40 steals for the Pirates in 82. Another fun fact about Lee Lacey, his daughter Jennifer played 10 years in the WNBA, a 6'3 forward who was taller than her dad. She won a championship with the Phoenix Mercury in 2007. So that's Lee Lacey. What do you think? That's great. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. Lot lot. What a just a long career, like not like not wow, I can't talk. <laughs> a lot of nice little notes. There we go. And a long time, um, uh, true blue LA writer, uh, Phil Gurney, who brought me aboard uh, to the site <laughs> like god, over 14 years ago now at this point. Um, he was a big, I remember he was a big Lee Lacey fan. So I hope uh, if he's listening, I hope he appreciated this and I hope everyone appreciated this. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back with you again uh, later this week. 